Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. It is officially time to begin one of my favorite exercises we do here at CR, a tradition that began last season, but one we hope to carry into each and every college tennis season moving forward. That, of course, is an exercise we refer to as NCAA Press Row, where I attempt to speak with each of the remaining 16 men's and women's head coaches prior to the start of the NCAA Tournament round of 16. Now, each of these conversations you'll hear over the next few days will be relatively similar in format. I want to talk to each of these coaches about their NCAA opening weekends, what allowed them to advance to this NCAA Sweet 16. Then I want to recap the season, where things stand. I want to talk about each team's best win of the year, the match they perhaps would like to replay the most from the course of the season. We'll talk about the team MVP, the most improved players that have made the success possible for all of these teams this season. Then, of course, I got to pick the coaches' brains about some big picture topics. I want to talk about the Super Regional format going to the top eight seeds for this round of 16 versus the traditional all-sweet 16 matches are played at one location format. What do these coaches prefer? Still very early in the exercise of determining if the Super Regional is worthwhile, but always fun to hear the coaches' initial reactions. And then, of course, we'll try to preview all of these Sweet 16 matches. I will try to coax as many match calculi as I I can from each of these coaches. What is their pathway to four points? How do they project their team's success moving forward throughout the NCAA tournament? We'll talk about all of that and so much more. Again, have a jam-packed week of content prepared for all of you listeners as we get all of you ready for the 2022 college tennis season's home stretch. Of course, you're going to be able to find each of these conversations both here on the Cracked Interviews podcast feed as well as on our website, CrackedRackets.com. Of course, you will also hear the same intro outro on each of these podcasts. I do apologize for that fact. Just makes life a little bit easier, a little bit cleaner for both myself and super producer Daniel Westoff. But again, over the next five days, I will attempt to speak with each and every men's and women's head coach remaining in the 2022 Division I NCAA tournament. Of course, the reason we're able to do that here on the Cracked Interviews podcast is because of the support we get from all of you college tennis fans out there who have tuned in week in, week out. We are immensely grateful for that fact. Also, I have to give a huge shout out to our friends at Swing Vision, who, of course, are on the forefront of all artificial intelligence innovations happening within the tennis world. If you are a college tennis head coach listening to these podcasts, if you are a player, if you are someone with high-level tennis aspirations, download the Swing Vision app today. You'll have access to more data, more things to improve your tennis game than you ever had before, all within the palm of your hand in an app on your phone. So again, learn more about our friends at Swing Vision by clicking on the link in the description to this podcast. I promise all of you, it is the most efficient way to improve your game in the modern day. A huge thank you to our friends at Swing Vision. Use that promo code CRACK20 when you sign up. But again, appreciate all of their support for this show. With that said, again, press row coming up. Going to try and speak with each of the remaining 16 men's and women's head coaches before the start of the NCAA round of 16. With that in mind, let's get to this interview. Hey, crack fans. Before we get to today's show, I want to let all of you listeners know about the revolutionary work being done by our friends over at Swing Vision. Now, all of us as tennis players are constantly searching for that piece of information that's going to give us that one, two, three percent edge whenever we step onto the court. We want to know, am I hitting my forehand with enough depth? Am I accurately placing my backhands? Am I employing patterns on the court that are putting me in an optimum position to experience success? Thankfully, all of those questions can now be answered via the app produced by our friends at Swing Vision. Folks, it's extraordinarily simple. You're going to download the app. You're going to turn that app on your phone. You're going to put your phone on the back fence, the back curtain of whatever court you're playing on. You're going to hit record. And then using artificial intelligence, Swing Vision is going to break down your performance. If you click on the link that you find in the podcast description here on today's episode, you'll go right to the Swing Vision website. And of 
course, friends who use our Crack Rackets promo code CRACK20 are going to get an additional $20 discount and a free 14-day pro trial on the Swing Vision app. Again, you use that promo code CRACK20, $20 discount, as well as a free 14-day pro trial. How do you find the link? To get signed up, just go back to your podcast feed. It's in the podcast description of this episode. You go to the Swing Vision website. You set up your account. You download the app. You get rocking and rolling. Get all the information, one location, with our friends at Swing Vision. Joining us on the podcast once again today is a returning champion here on our Crack Racket shows. In fact, he's the college tennis coach with the most appearances on the Cracked Interviews podcast. Why is that the case? It's because his team has now made a seventh consecutive Sweet 16 and, of course, your number one overall seeds at the 2022 NCAA tournament. It's TCU men's tennis head coach David Roditi. Coach, welcome back to the Cracked Interviews podcast. Another successful weekend for the Frogs. How are you doing today? Thank you, Alex. Well, happy, happy to be talking to you. I don't think you'd be talking to us if we were out of the tournament. So <laughs> it's a good place to be. Absolutely. I will say I'm accustomed to you with obviously the cowboy hat or whatever it may be. I don't think I've actually seen you with like a standard TCU hat before. So this is a this is a learning experience for me right now. Yeah, this is our uh, Letterman's Association. It's called the, the Block T Alumni uh, Association. So I'm a Obviously, an alum that played tennis here, so I'm part of this uh, Letterman's. No, when I think Block T, I think David Roditi. So it, it checks out there. Uh, but with all of that said, obviously, want to talk about you and your team and what you guys were able to accomplish this past weekend. 4-0 victory over Drake, 4-0 victory over Utah. Let's start there. First two rounds of the NCAA tournament in the books. How are you and the guys feeling? Yeah. I better than than a week ago. I, I, you know, it's it's tricky. And it's tricky for everybody. Obviously, everybody at this point, I can't imagine a team not having some pains and body aches and uh, uh, you know body issues. Uh, we had graduation and finals, finals week, finals week all last week. So our guys are. Our players were getting ready for nationals while they were taking tests and finals. And uh, I'm sure you never pulled an all-nighter getting ready for a final. So I'm sure none of our guys did that either. Yeah. So, yeah, it was tricky. So how are we doing today? Better. No, they're done. They, they're done with school. They're done with finals. Get some better rest, uh, better practices. It is hot. It's humid. Conditions were rough this weekend. Uh, first big humid hot weekend of the year so yeah there were a lot of external stuff that uh that our guys did well handling so I was very proud of them my mom listens to all these podcasts I never pulled an all-nighter you're right I was always well prepared not once was I you know 10 a.m turn in the essay then go to the airport to go see my parents on the Christmas break that never happened I promise but uh you know again looking at your team uh, because obviously you guys are national indoor champions, 25-4 and four overall. I think we all know the Horned Frogs are going to be in the mix this postseason. But one of the biggest things we were all looking for is what you're going to do at the bottom of the lineup. Because certainly in Pedro Vives, Tomas Jirasek, Louis Maxted, you know, Tim Rule as well, all of these guys are number five and six singles quality players. And so obviously you have yourself some options. You end up going Vives five, Jirasek six. You've also decided, you know, it's Vives and Aguilar at that number three double spot. What led to that decision for you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough decision. I think it's a really good place to be. We have three choices and four choices there. Um, so you sort of, Devin and I and Derek, we talk a lot and we sort of think about the positive Everything, you know, the we the, the practice week, where they're at, who we're playing, uh, maybe some kind of game style type situation. And I feel like whoever we put in those positions is is a quality player. So it's a good problem to have. Uh, Pedro and Charlie are a very good double team. I mean, I feel like they could play number one for us. 
as well, even though obviously Famba and, and, and Jacob and, and, and Sander and, and Louis have done great this year. Excellent. I mean, they're, I think they're their number one seed at the Nationals, Famba and Fernley. So, you know, it's a good problems to have. We, I mean, how, how do you – who would have thought that a guy like Tim Rule wouldn't be playing doubles for us at this point and, um, or singles? I mean, he's an excellent player with a lot of experience. So it's, yeah, it's a good problem to have. And I'd be shocked if we go through the rest without some variety in some way or another. So that's the question I was going to ask as the follow-up. There will be some permutation. Like, there will be times when it'll be Jirasek, then maybe one day it's Max dead. It, it, it's nothing set in stone, right? You guys plan to play along, uh, play around with the depth that you have? Yes, yes. I think it's um, sort of a game day decision type stuff. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And so with that in mind, you know, looking at some of the teams you've had in the past, and the one that always jumps out to me was that 2014 semifinals team where there was just the depth you guys were able to have, the different options you had up top. The reason I bring that team up, you're 25-4 and four overall. You're the number one overall seed, 4-0 victories your first two weekends. Do you feel like this team is on that caliber? Do you think this team obviously can make a push to that length? You know, what's it going to take to reach those sorts of heights this season? Yeah, so that was a 2014-15. Yeah, 14-15, sorry. 14-15, so it was the spring of 15. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that was fun. We can talk about all. Yeah. Oh, Chapel Alcaraz is the best match that we don't talk enough about still. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, that was that was a battle. That was yeah. a battle. Um, so yeah, I mean, this team has shown all year that they can go as far as any other team uh, in the country. That that you know, so can they? Yeah, we can also lose Saturday. So we, it's uh, there's there's so much depth in men's. And you know, I, I don't follow women's as as closely, but on the, in the men's side, there's just so much depth to this year, everybody, all the really good teams get stronger with fifth year guys transferring and uh, all these great quality freshmen coming in uh, that a team, a team that's, you know, you saw that Florida state beats Georgia. I mean, that's uh, shows the depth of the, of, of the men. So yeah. Can we do it? Yes. Again, if we don't, if we don't bring it on Saturday, we can, we, we just stay home. So as you look towards the Sweet 16, you know, again, I've been asking coaches here as we try to talk to all of you coaches still live, what's your biggest concern about your team heading into the Sweet 16? I know this is sort of a cop-out and a cliche answer, but is it just that all these other teams are just as good as you? Like, I don't mean to be rude, but you're the number one overall seed, 25-4 and four overall, and yet I'm looking at this NCAA tournament field, and I still don't think there's a definitive favorite. Maybe Florida, just because they're the defending champs, but like, you guys beat the Gators earlier this season. You're the number one overall seed for a reason. It feels like the biggest concern for all these coaches seems to be the parity that you're all about to deal with. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think we're the favorites to win the tournament. I don't think we're the best team. I think if you if you look at it on paper, we're probably the sixth or seventh best team on paper. If you look at ratings and UTR and all that, so I don't, you know, I don't know who's won. Probably Florida, but uh, just because we're number one seed doesn't mean that we're the favorites to win. It just means that we've had a great season, and we and the guys have beaten a lot of really good teams and math mathematically they're number one but you know at this point it doesn't really matter it's just all it is is that we're in the round of 16 and we're playing north carolina state and if we want to advance we have to beat north carolina state and then we'll worry about whatever's next next so uh we're just very grateful and 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 pleased to be in the in the tournament in the round 16 still competing Mm -hmm. seven straight years for you obviously in the round of 16 what does that mean to tcu yeah i mean it's it's um i take a lot of pride in that and and so does Devin and and derek i mean it's you know it just shows that uh, a lot of consistency there it's um you know i feel like we're very lucky to be able to offer what we can offer here at TCU, just like many, many schools can do the same. 
so there's so many, so many teams. And, and for us to be able to say that if you count the COVID year, which we were top 10 when that stopped, that's eight years in a row of finishing top 10 and seven, seven or eight, whatever you say, as around a 16. Yeah, I, it shows a lot of consistency. I don't know how many teams can say that. And and I'm I'm proud that as an alumni and as as the head coach that we that we can say that. It's great. And we hope to continue that. Yeah. And obviously it's been different generations of players contributing to that success you know, throughout the course of the time. And I'm curious when you look at this year's team, I mean, again, do I expect a firm answer thus far? You'd be the first coach to answer it honestly. That's what I'm going to couch this question with. Give me your team MVP in 2022. What's the reason TCU's been able to capture a national indoor championship, capture that number one overall seed at the NCAA tournament? Who's that team MVP? Can I say Devin Bowen? (laughs) Probably fair. That's a good answer. That's our MVP. We wouldn't be where we are without him. So uh, he does a great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the reason, so what it was a setup for is I really want to get to the most improved player on your roster this season, because I do think Famba has made a jump this year. And obviously he was an All-American in singles and doubles last season, but he's 13-3 and three at the number one double uh, single spot, 19-5 and five at the number one double spot. He's always been a kid with weapons, and when he serves his best, he's hitting that big forehand. I remember watching what he did to Trevor Fauché at the 2019 National Indoors, and it was just like, all right, this kid's got something. But something seems to have clicked for him in a way this season that perhaps it didn't in years prior. And I'm curious if you've noticed that as well. Yeah, you can definitely, I think you can make an argument for a lot of our guys to be the MVP. I, I'm, I'm glad nobody, nobody's asked me to actually name somebody the MVP. I, I, I would almost put it up to them and let them vote because you could, you could, um, you could, you can make an argument for a lot of the guys. So for, for those numbers and number one, Fumba, he's, um, you know, he just, there's something about him that, that he knows how to, how to handle those moments and, and knows how to win. He's won a lot at TCU from, from the first year, like you mentioned. And I will say that this year, the way he's maturing, he's, he has matured. He is, he's been with us for four years he he's taking way more pride in the way he prepares for matches, way more discipline in his in his practices uh, before before competition during the week. Uh, he's he's I think he's learned whether it's by watching some of his teammates like uh, Sander John, who's as professional as he gets. Um, you know, some of the guys, even Louis Max did so professional. He's learned from there, or maybe he's, he learned from from the guys like Alistair Gray or Rybakov or Nori when he comes in town. Something he has paid attention, and, and and he has made a jump in the way he prepares. And I I believe he has allowed him to to be able to play better on game day. This is a bit of a tangent, but I know Luke has pro aspirations. And obviously, when you are on the pro tour, you have to coach yourself and motivate yourself in a way that. You know, if he's slacking in a dual match, you can get on him right away and start yelling on him and have him focus. Have you changed the way you've coached Luke at all this year in prep? Because again, I know you're focused on the TCU aspect of it as well, but for him to develop personally, you mentioned him being able to figure things out on his own. Is that something you're trying to give him more space to do as he gets older as a coach? Yeah, it's uh, there's definitely a, a longer leash. If, if for lack of better words, yeah, it's, it's for the benefit. We want them to be ready to go. Um, and you know, it's a constant, uh, sort of balancing act for him, but I do, I, I do love what I've seen from him and Devin, Devin has worked more with him this year than he has in the past. That's always a good sign because yeah. Devin doesn't like to waste time. So if he's working, if he's on your court, it's because he's seen something uh, in you and, and he realizes that he, it's not going to be a waste of time working with you on the court. So uh, that, that's a great sign. Um, and and uh, 
yeah, it's more about, you know, hey, when you watch your match after you played, what did you see? And let him let him tell me in. Um, because you're right, out on the tour, I don't think, you know, he doesn't have the money to be able to afford a, a full-time coach. I mean, hardly anybody does. So unless, unless there's something going on that I don't know, yeah, he's going to have to figure that out on his own. So luckily he still has one more year of eligibility. So there's still a little bit of leash left for us that we would love to be able to help him and, and really get him ready for one more year of, of, of tennis, which he's planning on, on coming back next year. That's what we like to hear. Well, speaking of one so year. Do I. Yeah, exactly. Speaking, he'll get that block T hat sometime soon. Uh, but yeah, but speaking of, you know, one final year of eligibility, maybe my favorite postseason award that was handed out was that the Big 12 newcomer of the year was Juan Carlos Aguilar, who, of course, is not a newcomer to college tennis by any stretch of the imagination. But he's 14 and seven overall in dual matches, 12 and six at the two spot. And, you know, he's obviously mixed around. At, he's been a staple of your number three doubles teams, regardless of who with 14 victories for him on the season. And yet, you know, watching him, watching the behind the scenes, you know, all you guys lose off of last year's squad is Alistair. It does feel like Charlie's come into the mix and provided as much as the juice has been on court, you know, again, a leadership component, I suppose, is what I've seen. And I'm curious if you can take us behind the curtain and talk to us about what the newcomer of the year has provided from a leadership standpoint for your team. Yeah, I think he's obviously brought a lot of experience and at a very high level, A&M was playing, you know, he played in the final four. Nobody on our team has played on a final four. He's the only one. And he talks about that season. He they had a team that they could have won it all that year. I believe it's the year that Wake Forest won it. Yep. And they got in the finals. And it it was just a, a point here and there. There's some similarities with that season, with that team, with with our team. So he's very open and 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 uh he speaks up and shares that urgency with our guys. I think he's been uh he's our sort of our uh, emotional game day uh, energizer bunny sort of thing. He's, he's our flag. He's, he's the one that emotionally carries that for our team. And, and uh, there's no doubt about it for Charlie that he, he, he wants, he wants the national championship as a team that, that there's no question about it. Everything Everything he does, uh, the way he he competes, it's all about the team. He wears his emotions in his sleeve. You, the, the guys know it, and that's it's fun and it's great for our team that, that he Alistair Alistair was that guy for us. So we were lucky that personality wise, that Charlie could could come in and match that uh, from Alistair. Yeah, I feel like Charlie is going to go straight. I mean, he may try and play the pros for a little bit. Why wouldn't you? He is going to be a great college coach someday. Like, I could see him fitting in somewhere as an assistant right away, right? Yeah, I mean, he's he's got a lot of tennis left. Yeah, uh, exactly. He's not going to be doing that anytime soon. But, yes, uh, I would 100% see him. You're right. That's a great observation. And, and uh, he loves it. He, he's got a great heart. Um, loved his time at AM. Um, and uh yeah, he's got two, three more weeks and then he'll he'll he will be on the tour. I think his his results uh definitely speak for themselves and um he has a chance a chance to be maybe joining his old either uh AM teammate, uh Rindernak is doing great on the tour or or Anori or Rybakov or Alistair Gray, some of those guys. Rinderneck, who played two singles on that 2018 AM team, Kips in that one, and Katanzaridi and Arcanada. I'm like, yeah, how did that team not win uh, in retrospect? Habib, Vashiro. But no, I, looking forward, obviously, to seeing what Charlie's got left in his final few weeks of college tennis action as well. I want to stick with the returners for a second. Fernley Jong who have both been good, obviously, coming into this season. But the numbers this year are ridiculous. Fernley, 18-5. and five. The Landlords, 20-4. and four. And obviously, Alexanders are successful in everything we do. That's a well-established fact here at Crack Rackets. That said, did you see this jump? 
coming from both of them where now, again, there's a routine nature to how they're doing things. You just see two guys who seems to seem to have mastered the college speed. Yeah, I mean, you know, anybody that's, that's as professional as the landlord, Jung, is, you just get better. I mean, there's just no other way. I've never seen anybody work so hard, work that hard, be so professional, take care of every detail and not get better. I mean, that is a, it is an unbeaten uh, a formula and that's him. That's who he is. And not only that, but he's, he's just has, does a great job controlling his emotions during matches. And he's been in those tough situations so much um, that it's, you know, it feels, it feels good to have him out there. And, and, and then Fernley, He's got so much game and he's so tough. He's such a tough kid. He is, I mean, he's such a, he literally is kind of like a picky blinder. Like I would, I would hate, I would hate to run into him in some back alley when he's in that mode of, of, uh, you know, him wanting something that you have. That's just not the guy you want to, you want to run into. So that, that emotion and that, uh, that inner, fire uh has allowed him to to win a lot of matches just pure pure determination and he's got he's got some huge weapons um and i think there is you know we'll see what happens to him in the next couple of years he still has two more years so mm-hmm. i'm really excited to see what happens with him yeah and you talk about again that inner belief that confidence that all of these guys have and you know i'm looking at the background right now of your zoom just so listeners know i see a couple of big 12 championship trophies in the background the reason i bring that up you've had some very good teams who have made their way to the ncaa tournament i mentioned that 2015 team that makes the semifinals. i would argue the 28 uh 19 team 18 team in wake forest if you guys are healthy who knows what happens at that ncaa tournament by the end of the year you're playing four guys the whole time who knows you've had some very good teams is what I'm trying to say this group won a national indoor championship and you know everyone's good at tennis come the NCAA tournament it's about that the mental side it's about that extra 10% that gets you over the finish line is does this group have a confidence that perhaps prior TCU teams may not have had I'm curious again the extracurricular factors does this team have that going into the sweet 16 I think I would I would say that you're right. We've had some ridiculous teams. I actually think we were very unlucky, and so I can make a thousand excuses. <laughs> uh, you know, one team going indoors against Berkeley yeah. uh, in Tulsa, whatever that year, 17 or 16, 17, with a bunch of guys that there's not an indoor court anywhere near wherever it, all six guys grew up. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, we've had some great, not just great players, but great teams. And this team has been able to accomplish a lot. Um, and, and that national indoor title is, is no one, no one had, had done it. So they've been there. They, 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 they were able to get to a tournament starting the sweet 16 and beat Virginia, Texas, Ohio state and, and Tennessee. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a lot of great teams. So no doubt they know they can do it. Um, and, and that's a little extra f- factor, but at the same time, on Saturday against North Carolina State, they can beat us, and we can beat them. So let's go out there and and battle. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, we can talk about it all, all you all you want on the side here, but uh, at the end of the day, you got to go on the court and earn it. Yeah, no, that's where the fun begins. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, that's where the fun begins. So with that in mind, some fun questions for you down the home stretch. A, you. Your favorite victory of the season? I imagine it has to be that Tennessee final, right? Like that's the match. When you look back at this year, there's I have different sides of of me. Um, so, yes, yeah, winning that title, it was historic. It was it's so hard, as you know, it's so hard to actually win it. So many factors. You need luck. You need health. You need the right guys. Get you know you need four guys or doubles point and three guys getting to that fourth point, matchups, situations, uh, so much going on. So 
yeah, that was uh, if you told me, okay, you had to give up a match, that would not, that would be the last match that we would give up. I like it. If you could replay any match from this season, what do you pick? Man, that's a great question. <laughs> that's a great question. Is it Michigan? Just because you can't take me? It wouldn't be any. I'll tell you what. It wouldn't be any of our victories. Yeah. <laughs> so we have four choices. So one of the Baylor's, yeah. Michigan or Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee one at home. That one hurt. Just you know, we, because we had so many opportunities and so many. So I guarantee you, Fumba would love to have that upper break forty love in the third in those courts. He would love to have that back. Um, I would love for him to have that back, but you know, maybe if he didn't go through that or we didn't go through that loss, we don't win the indoor national championship. So it, it all, you know, you just never know. I, obviously losing to Baylor is not fun. So I would love to replay some of those uh, matches. You, you um, said the hypothetical was coming. Would you trade the road Baylor victory for one of the home wins? I'm I'm a results guy and I'm a math guy. Okay. You you get a little extra bonus yeah. if you win on the road. So I'll take the bonus on the road. I like that. That's good. That's I will good. say though, I will say, man, that first time we played them, um oh, that's a tough question because that all three have different meaning. The first one was a non-conference match at home. We had the best crowd. Awesome. Awesome top recruit here. And it was just set up perfectly for us to have an unbelievable night. And they ruined it for us. <laughs> you know, we go on the road and win it. And there's not a lot of people to join, even though we did have our true great fans there. So it was great to win there. And finally, after four losses in a row, beat them. And then we have the conference finals here. So at home, conference finals. Yeah, you want to win that one. <laughs> and going indoors and it's just the longest day and 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 Soto just plays unbelievable down the stretch just literally just teeing off on the ball mm-hmm. uh Mati played great I thought Tadeas Paralek had an unbelievable tournament personally I was very happy for Teddy uh he deserved it so yeah and then you know Michigan Michigan the yeah the timing was not ideal for either one of us. Mm-hmm. And they, they just kicked our butts. I mean, that one, I felt like of all the losses, that was the one that was the furthest from winning mm-hmm. was the Michigan match. Mm-hmm. And, and even if you look back, we weren't that far. Yeah. But um, I'm going to cut the rest of the podcast and just play that clip only just for all of our listeners, just so they know. Yeah. That, well, it's been so interesting. Again, we're, we're in tangent mode here. You guys have had some incredible crowds this year, looking from afar. And I know you do as good a job as anyone of embracing the barstool personalities that are coming out and doing all of these different things. Does the national championship, I mean, it inevitably does help propel those things forward. But to what do you credit some of the crowds we've seen this season in Fort Worth, which, correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like this year there was some sort of breakthrough. Yeah. I mean, it seems like every year we just keep taking it up a notch. Uh, It's no secret. That's an important part of our program for, for myself personally, our marketing department has done a great job. Uh, His name is Blake Morris. He's done awesome. He's uh, fully committed to supporting and helping us. Uh, He's, he's blowing me up right now already thinking about Saturday and we'll, we're going to do something fun for Saturday. Um, And, and I think, I think it's just years of building up years of creating, getting in that community and creating a really fun atmosphere. Uh, Barstools was a huge boost this year. I call him Austin Dawson. He graduated, he's, he's moving on. Uh, but obviously anytime you have the, you know, the Max Dugan, the quarterback for TCU and a big super stud from basketball promoting our matches in social media. Yeah, that's gonna bring a lot of students. So it's been building up. Uh, Winning, winning helps a lot as well. Uh, we also have had amazing schedule at home. You know, we kick off the season with Florida, Mississippi, Mississippi State, Tennessee, Virginia, a uh, couple local teams here, ACU, and the kickoff. I mean, that's that's good. That'll play. That's just, 
that's good programming and good, uh, I guess, content for the people to come out and and uh, and and be a part of it. Obviously, it doesn't hurt that it's free. Yeah. It's easy to park, easy in the middle of the neighborhood, beautiful facility, free tailgate outside. That's for those roll. 21 and over. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. Obviously, I have nothing to do with that, right? <laughs> and then course. and then you get the free pizza and the face painting, the little kids, and yeah, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. What I learned, and this coach will remain nameless, there was a coach who used to rent a van and he would have his fans go to the local bar, get liquored up for the match, get lubricated, ready to rock and roll, and then he would pay for the bus and have those fans bus from the bars to the home match. And when I, after I found that out, I think I called Adam Steinberg within five minutes, and I was like, dude, why didn't you do this for us? Uh, I was like, this would have been great for me. And so those sorts of things, I mean, all of those little things absolutely make the difference. And so, uh, again, I'm going to get down to a TCU tailgate at some point over the next couple of seasons but before I'm too old to be tailgating. Yeah, uh, our but- fans, I guess our fans just decided, you know, don't worry about the bus. We'll just, <laughs> we'll just bring the, the mobile tailgate outside in the parking lot. That way you don't have to go anywhere. You can just stay here. Yeah, that's a, that's a smart move. By the way, I meant to ask this since you were there, and unfortunately we didn't get to see it. I've heard some stories. How well did Soto play in that third set against Aguilar? Because I heard Soto just didn't make an unforced error. Lights out. Yeah. Lights out. Mm-hmm. Just thoroughly earned it, right? He was determined. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that the first set ended was gave him all the motivation he wanted. It was a really unfortunate situation. I looked at the tape. Mm-hmm. Basically when it was a second serve for Aguilar up six, four in the breaker, obviously a huge point and a huge set momentum, whatever. As soon as Aguilar goes up to serve in that moment, Mati, Matias had his hand up. Mm-hmm. And so then Aguilar hits a second serve. He doesn't even try to get it. I don't know if you saw the, the clip yeah. or not. Mm-hmm. And nobody just, you look at the tape and and the timing of when he raised his hand, nobody saw it. Mm-hmm. And he was a little bit, maybe not even a second, a millisecond late. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, he in his mind, hey, I had my hand up. What the, you know, they know each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. So that gave him all the motivation he wanted, uh, he needed. We all know what the 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 player that the, the ball striking ability that Matias had, and he was just determined that he was going to win that match. And, and he was indoors. He was seeing the ball this big and just lights out, um, you know, 20, 12 minutes, 12 minutes went by between the last point of the first set and the first point of the second set. So 12 minutes to regroup. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what happened there, but it's uh, that's yeah. just a fact that 12 <laughs> minutes went by. I that's like usually it. what you get, right? Between first and second set, you get minute. <laughs> I think that's usually when you start the watch, you're like, okay, you have anywhere from three to 12 minutes. Like usually that's the speech uh, that there, as long as it's a multiple of three, it's fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's funky. Um, all right. And by the way, you know, the Spider-Man meme, that is Soto versus Aguilar. It's just like two guys, same body type grinder. Like, you're just like, this is delightful. And so, uh, yeah. He's such a good ball striker. He, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. no, and indoors, indoors, you can just light it up. And he did. I'm sure I'm sure you're ready for him to graduate would be the theme uh, after that match. You're like, you know what? It's time for you to go on. There, there's a few guys. There's a few <laughs> guys that it's like, OK, we've seen enough of you. Yeah, exactly. uh, let's bring some new blood. You know, it's like how many years do these guys have? Exactly. Uh, in this COVID era, that's half the fun. All right. With all of that said, I was going to say final few questions and I'm going to let you go. Sweet 16 coming up. You guys are taking on NC State. Are you a fan of the Super Regional, or would you prefer the original Sweet 16, all 16 teams, one location? Big big fan of Super Regional. Big fan. I mean, this is going to be a fun experience for all at home or on the road. For us, we actually get to host this one. The only other time that we've done Super Regionals, we were on the road as a number nine seat at Mississippi State, and that was an Unbelievable experience for everybody. Obviously, has a great 
it's a great memory for us because we won it. But even even had we lost, it was our fans, their fans, the players. Way better. Cannot compare it to playing at 9 a.m. in some back courts or some indoor courts because we're freaking out that it might possibly be rainy, you know. Yeah. And they throw us in there. So way better. And and 32 teams with the, the women and the men in, in one place, 32 teams is just a lot of logistical nightmares. And if it rains, then you're really, I mean, look what happened at Wake Forest. That was the worst experience. Yeah. Uh, we ended up in North Carolina. Oh, I was there. I remember. I mean, it was just awful. Yeah. It was awful. All I remember is like, I think playing cards. That's all yeah. we did. No, absolutely. And, you know, again, I remember that super regional match, Alistair clinched right over Gio or Donnie. And I remember being like, okay, Alistair Gray is really good. I remember being like, this is the moment where it clicked for me. Like, okay, this guy can play. And certainly these matches, just to have those home crowds you talk about, it's a match that matters again on the home, on the schedule. I remember my, uh, we were at 5-1 at number three doubles. (laughs) And that team had lost to Mississippi State doubles team like two or three times a year because we did a preseason with them. Mm-hmm. And we were up 5-1. I'm like, oh, my God, we're 0-3 against them. And I looked at my heart rate. I was just sitting there, and I had a <laughs> an, a, a watch. Yeah. It's 145. <laughs> just sitting there. It was just my heart was, uh, was going. So that was very exciting. And Alistair, I think, didn't Alistair – Fall down. Yeah, he had a massive, like, scrape, right? He had to get the bandages up. Yeah. Meeting going on. Sander Jong won uh, just a marathon match against Broska. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bertus Kruger yeah. beat uh, the that um, – I can't remember his name. Uh, senior. Uh, Strali, right? I think he beat Strali or one of one of the – or Braun. Nick, Nick Braun. Nick Braun. Nick Braun. Yeah, yeah. Braun. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think Braun had an internship like starting like the next two days. So he was so smart, probably helped us. He was more worried about what suit he was going to wear in two days. Uh, but that was a great experience. I mean, that, you know, I, I would think that Matt Roberts would, would admit that that was a, that was a really fun match. Yeah, no, certainly that was a great one. And again, and, and, you know, and that was a perfect example. We had awful weather, terrible yeah. weather, but because there's only one match and we knew the importance of this match, we were able to wait it out and make the right decision. Uh, instead of freaking out and going indoors because you have so many matches happening. Mm-hmm. No, a- absolutely. And again, uh, I I do. I think we have to, before coaches say we like it, we don't like it, let's give it a, a third year, a fourth year, a fifth year before we just scrap it right away. And again, this is only year two, right? And so I think anyone who's on the road this weekend doesn't like it. I think if you ask any of them, I mean, that's been the answers I've gotten thus far is just like, no, we'd prefer to be a massive. And it's just they used to have the big team dinner, right, where everyone sees everyone and it's just like this massive affair. Um, and I'm not saying they're not going to do that for the quarterfinals, but it's, I would say it's a mixed bag right now. I would say it's still pretty 50-50. Interesting. Okay. We were on the road. Yeah, you you're the exception, but I mean, I think I've asked you this before, and you said I love that Mississippi State match, and that's a fun environment to play in always because they're always going to turn out fans. Um, no, it'll be interesting. Like if I'm Tony Bresky and you're sending me indoors at Kentucky where there's four indoor courts for like I'm you know screw that I'd be like that sucks. That that's different. You yeah. know that's that's that is different. Um, yeah, it's just. Yeah. 9 a.m. or yeah or yeah or comfortable or like 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. whatever it may be it's just a more comfortable yeah I'm like, just saying if you have the sweet 16 somebody's yeah. got to play at 9 a.m. you're playing the second set of courts it's like wow that was it that was around 16 sweet 16 there was like five fans watching yeah. nobody are you telling me those back courts in Athens aren't as fun as they look to be on the stream are you is that what you're trying to infer here you know what? Athens is just different. I, yeah. I think you can play anywhere in Athens, and, and that's just a great experience uh, regardless because it's so central. So many people go. So many people want to go. And you got all these neutral fans just watching tennis all day, and then you got the town. So I think that's a that's a, that's a special place. But, yeah, the match at Winston-Salem was not fun. That was not memorable. Uh, Tulsa indoors not fun 9 a.m 
Yeah, those were not, I don't think those were great experiences. Yeah, those can definitely be miserable. With that in mind, final questions for you, and then I'm going to let you go. Uh, you look for this weekend, Sweet 16, and just moving forward for the tournament. What is your biggest worry for your team heading down the t- this season so stretch? Is it, again, just that everyone is really freaking good this year? Um, yeah. Our, <laughs> obviously, competition, our opponents. I mean, it's... it's uh, Am I, I, I'm not worried. There's no, nothing to worry about. I guess we dodged the academic bullets, right? So we're good with that. Uh, and it's just uh, our guys being prepared to, to, to battle and, 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 and heat, heat is going to be a, an, a, 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 an issue like it was this last weekend. So, and I, and by the way, I felt, I mean, how bad it was it? Capalbo, Capalbo, number one player for Utah, mm-hmm. gets hurt at the very end. That was, I wasn't complaining at the time, but it's what a yeah. just a bad luck, you know, yeah. for the program. But um, that certainly helped us. Yeah, no, make um, sure those ankles are braced for your guys. I mean, yeah, that's what you worry about. The same stuff you always worry: injuries, somebody getting sick. I guess COVID, knock on wood, has, hasn't been an issue, but. Yeah, we just want our guys making good decisions between now and Saturday and eating right and being professional and being mature and acting like they really are willing to do anything to win this to win this match on Saturday. Mm-hmm. No, I love to hear it. Well, with that in mind, match on Saturday. I'm asking every coach this. I won't say if any have given me the answer or not yet. Match calculus. What's TCU's pathway to four against NC State? What are you seeing, Coach Roditi? You know, honestly – I have not seen NC, NC State for a long time. I I have not. It was we finished Saturday. They finished late. I saw we we're playing them. We played them in Wisconsin indoors. I don't think a lot of the guys are still there from that team. I think they had a lot of upperclassmen in that. I think Luke Isquero Luke. I think he played four or five and was a very good four or five. Now he's playing number one. I remember him. Uh, I remember a few things about him that we'll be ready for. And um, and other than knowing, you know, Kyle very well since we're in high school and, and Chris James, I don't know much about them. So I, I'm, I'm giving you my honest answer. I, I watched the last match. Man, that guy played well. And uh, he's got a good forehand. Yeah. So that, that's it. I, I don't know. You know, honestly, Alex, I don't care. You want to... <laughs> You want to give us two points for doubles? Fine. I don't <laughs> care. You just get to four. I don't care who does it. It's just get, let's get to four and uh, have fun, battle. Uh, I wish I could give you a better answer, but I just don't know that team very well. I couldn't even tell you mm-hmm. uh, the players between two, four, two, three, four, and five. Yeah. No, I mean, again, not a lot of familiar faces. You're absolutely right. It's a young NC State team. Uh, Obviously, they'll be swinging freely as they come and play the number one seeds in Fort Worth. That said, uh, obviously, it's been very fun to watch you guys compete. You want my match calculus for you? Yeah. I mean, that's what I, sadly, it's true. I mean, uh, I was at the Michigan match this past weekend. I'm home visiting my parents and someone was like asking me about stuff. They're like, well, what's the TCU lineup? Like, give me more. I was like, well, it depends what coach does at five and six. I was like, is Vivez playing well? Are we going Maxted? Are we going rule? A little Jirasek action indoors, outdoors. I'm going to assume it's outdoors and Jirasek is playing six for you guys. I would say, and you know, I'm interviewing Kyle right after this, so I'll give him the reverse side. You both, I mean, if you're on the road, you need doubles. So they have to have doubles. That said, you guys have been incredible at it. I think you take dubs. I just think it's a good matchup uh, up top for Luke. And then give me Fernley at four, Vives at five. I think it's dubs one, four, five. I just think they're, they've got some older guys in the middle there. I mean, Sanders has been so good. I'd say dubs one and then two of three through five. That would be my recipe. Okay. Checks out. I don't care. <laughs> I hope you're right. I mean, I hope you're right. It, yeah. You know, it's fun to try to figure it out, but it just, you know, I've literally gone into matches where I felt that our best spot was X and we're, we're out, you know, yeah. uh, when, when Sander Jung lost to Michigan with the bigger sweet or <laughs> bigger staff. Yeah. Bigger sweet. That's good. I mean, Sander, not a good day. That was yeah. not a good day. For, he lost, 
quickly. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't happy about how he played. And I said, Sander, you want to feel worse? And he said, sure, go ahead. You know, we have a good relationship. We've been <laughs> together for a long time. He knows my sense of humor. He absolutely loves it. We love him and I love him. Uh, and he's been so good to our program. I said, well, if anybody would have asked me which matchup I like the best, it would have been your match. I'd <laughs> for sure, hands down. And not only did we not win it, we were out in about... 30 minutes. So he goes, yeah, that does make me feel worse. <laughs> That's good. No, I mean, yeah, match calculus at this point, throw it out the window. It's no ad scoring. Matches are going to be tight. And, you know, a wise coach once said in these sorts of scenarios, it's actually the team that loves each other the most, not the team with the most talent that ends up winning. I think you can guess where that quote comes from. Um, yeah, and I think you guys do love each other enough. Like, if it's a quota, I think you guys are there. So, obviously, always a pleasure uh, to watch the Horn Frogs compete. Looking forward to doing so again this weekend. And uh, always a pleasure to get the chance to chat with you as well, Coach. So, hopefully, uh, wishing you guys success, health, and hopefully I'll see you soon in Champaign. I hope so. Thank you, Alex. And uh, the feeling's mutual. And thanks, again, everything you do for college tennis is the best thing about college tennis, you guys, you specifically. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'll tell, I'm, I'm going to tell Chris and Matt that, that it's me specifically as well, because they need to know. Um, but no, as always, it's a pleasure, coach. Be safe, be healthy. We will chat more soon. Uh, say hi to the guys. Take care. Yeah, will do. Take Bye, Alex. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with another head coach of a Sweet 16-bound college tennis team. A huge thank you both to this coach and every coach for taking the time to chat with us here at Cracked Rackets. Again, trying to set the scene for all of you listeners down the 2022 college tennis season's home stretch. I've been immensely flattered by the reception we have gotten from all of these coaches who are so willing to participate in this exercise. And again, try to set the scene. For all of you listeners, try to make sure you maximize your enjoyment through these final few weeks of the college tennis season. The plan here is to interview all 32 remaining head coaches. Now, it's only a success if we hit all 32. So I promise you, listeners, that will be our goal, as that is what we were able to accomplish last season. Again, you can find all of those podcasts here on this feed. You can find them on our website, crackrackets.com. A shout out, as always, to super producer Daniel Westoff on the ones and twos. He has a f- of an editing job to do this week, makes all of this content possible. So shout out to him. Shout out to our friends at Swing Vision as well. Again, learn more about the Swing Vision app by clicking on the link in the description to this show. With all of that said, for our fantastic guest, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Swing Vision, from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.